0: Originality does not come because one starts from zero. Originality comes from going into the depths of any subject and uncovering new insights. A very insightful quote by Dr. Radhakrishnan Pillai, a management speaker, trainer, author, and a consultant. Hello, my name is Malathi and this is my show titled The Impressive Emperors. Here I talk to women leaders, women who have had a humble beginning and have forged their way to leadership, a position to which they have been elevated thanks to their selfless efforts at making a positive difference to the world. Leadership is an art which the leader sculpts with energy, enthusiasm and lots of patience and most importantly, a burning desire to achieve excellence. This is so true of our today's guest, Dr. K. R. Malathi, an educationalist from Chennai. She is specialized in the early years education and setting up of schools. She is the founder and CEO of Auro Educational Services. With a PhD in education, and with over 29 years of collective experience in teaching, mentoring, curriculum designing, advising, setting up and managing of schools, Dr. Malati has set up around 14 international schools, 18 CBSE schools and two multi-disability centers across India, Middle East and Africa. Life was not so easy for her as she started her career, a job that didn't pay well and a marriage that was unsuccessful. But Dr. Malati had risen to her current position by sheer grit, determination And her undeterring faith in God. I warmly invite you to join us in our quest to understand how Malati had made herself the Impressive Empress. Hello, good afternoon, Malati. Very nice to uh, connect with you here for this uh, talk show called The Impressive Empress. And uh, myself, your namesake, Malati, here. Happy to invite you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Malati. Uh, my namesake, it's been really exciting to talk to someone who shares just not my name but my thoughts as well.
0: Yes. Malathi, could you please uh, briefly introduce yourself?
1: Um, I'm based in Chennai, India, the southern part of India. I'm coming from the educational background, started my career as a teacher, and currently uh, running a company which provides educational services to schools across India, Middle East, and uh, First time we have entered the African market as well. So I work with teacher. I'm a teacher and I work with teachers.
0: That's in short about me. Great. Teaching is is a wonderful profession. And uh, I, I always remember Dr. Abdul Kalam saying that he was inspired by his teacher at a very young age to become the man or the person that he he was. So... I'm happy that I'm able to connect with one more teacher as part of this Impressive Empress uh, talk show. And uh, from your profile, which is very impressive, maybe a little bit more about where you started, how you started, how did you get into this? Perfect. Um, I I have to thank
1: you for the apt name that you have given Impressive Empress. I was actually inspired by that name. I loved it the way you have coined it. Uh, I started my career in the year 1990. Uh, my major was economics and I, uh, I mastered in economics from my childhood. Uh, I was ambitious to become a teacher, though I had other professions uh, ahead of me. So my parents uh, were, uh, have given the freedom for me to choose the profession which I wanted to do. So I did my uh, master's and then my bachelor's become a teacher uh, in the year 1990. And it was a convent. Uh, where I studied and then I joined the uh, convent as a higher secondary teacher uh, doing a leave vacancy for a couple of uh, months. Then at the end of the term, uh, the sister superior was impressed and then she did ask me, would you like to continue because it's going to be a permanent vacancy, would you like to take it? Now, during this uh, three months, I did realize that, you know, these girls, I was teaching in a girls school, all girls school. I did realize there is a gap with these children grow and then I need to plug in the gap. So I told sister, sister, I would love to go back. I mean, if you can give me lower classes, I will be happy to take it. And then she was puzzled. There was a puzzle in her look. And then she looked at me. Are you serious? Are you sure about what you're talking? I said, I'm sure. Because in those days, uh, teachers weren't paid much. And especially the lower class teachers were paid the least. And the higher class teachers were paid the highest. And then she said, you know, people are definitely going to look at you, uh, mock at you, saying that you are not capable of taking higher classes and then you're going for a lesser salary. I said, "It uh, it is not that. I'm somebody who always go by my inner voice, which guides me until today. So I said, no, sister, there is something in me which tells me that I need to go to the lower classes. So she gave me the lower classes. I went there, started teaching the children. identified that these children definitely lack a lot of Uh, Skills which are needed uh, to be uh, greater citizens, or maybe I have to say, since I was teaching the girls, they they definitely uh, to be a mother or to be a girl, I think you know they missed something. I started working on understanding what is it that they missed. That's when I came across, I mean, came out with this concept of spice. You know, children miss this uh, in Indian food. I'm sure you will agree that being an Indian, uh, the important ingredient is spice without spice the food isn't tasty similarly without the social physical intellectual creative and emotional skills i think a child is incomplete so i started working on those areas and that's where i am today
0: wow that's uh that's pretty interesting so the spice uh, could you could you please repeat that again please it is uh, working on the
1: social physical, intellectual, creative, and emotional skills of the girls. I just realized that these girls were missing that. And in schools, we were focusing more on their academic aspect of it, though there were certain aspect of creative and physical was given. But I think we completely missed out on the social and the emotional part of it, which was uh, which is very, very important for a 21st century learner. We keep talking about 21st century learner, learners, and then we never actually did anything to you know, work on this
0: particular area. I'm, I'm really glad that you're mentioning this as, uh, as an educator <laughs> and uh, you understand the importance of this and uh, I'm, I'm really thankful for the wonderful work that you're doing. Maybe some of the work that you're doing, could you please uh, uh, say for the sake of our listeners? Once I identified that this is the uh, gap that is
1: existing, and we need to bridge. Uh, I started working on a curriculum exclusively for the pre-primary years. As per my, uh, I did the research on early childhood. Fifty percent of a uh, child's ability or a man's ability formed before six years of age. So, whatever you are today, or whatever I am today, it is all uh, the good and the bad is done before six years of age. So what we give it to the child before six years will make him to be a better person. So I started working, I started focusing on that particular area and started working with the children and with the teachers. I created content for exclusively for the children and I started creating content for the teachers to deliver this. Then finally, you know, if there is teacher and children, there is also parent involved, especially at the growing years. So I started working with the parents understanding, you know, helping them how to raise a child and what is the difficulty that they face in uh, across the globe. I feel that, you know, today we find a lot of parent coaches, but when I started, uh, we never had these terms in India, no coach, no mentor, nothing. So I started doing, you know, small counseling with the parents. I, because, you know, we have schools where children are, uh, adults are being taught engineering medicine, if you have to become a lawyer, if you have to become an engineer, or if you have to become a teacher, there is a perfect place where you get trained for it. But to become a successful parent, there isn't any kind of a college or institute where they train, where they tell you, okay, yeah, this is what you're doing a good job. So I started working on those areas, maybe 25 years back. And then I have so far, counseled around 10,000 parents
0: wonderful i'm really glad you're here on this show and you. uh, through your journey uh, reading your profile i understand that you had to go through different kinds of roles so what were, what was the learning and uh, how did your journey uh, evolve to what it is today
1: uh, that's an interesting question no journey is very easy uh, including mine. So I had a very, very tough uh, marriage life uh, to say because I was married early and then all my education, you know, my graduation and my post-graduation happened after my child was born. I, I I was committed to what I had to do because I was focused on, I know that this is not going to be the end. Marriage usually stops a woman, you know, not proceeding in the way she needs, actually needs to go forward. But I didn't give up I something inside me kept telling me this is, this is definitely not going to end here. Uh, we need to move forward. Uh, and I kept pushing myself. I kept pushing saying that, you know, you will sail through this because I was married to an alcoholic. My husband, I didn't even realize that he was an alcoholic. I had a C- seizure uh, of These terms were due to me because I haven't come across. I was very naive. And then uh, this was a shock to me after my marriage coming to know and getting to terms with these, it was very difficult. I was not prepared to handle this and the society also did not give me the support, needed support to handle such a situation. So the only thing what I saw before me is, if I have to work on, if I have to come out of this, I need to study, I need to work, I need to do something different which will actually you know, make this journey easier. There wasn't even a thought in those days in India that you can walk out of it, uh, you can come out of the marriage. Those thoughts were not there because coming from a middle class family, I thought I have to put up with this till the end of my life. So if I have to put this, uh, end, put this end of my life, what do I need to do? I need to focus on myself so that I don't lose myself over the, uh, over all these things that's happening around me. So that's how uh, it started.
0: That brings with uh, it a lot of courage. And uh, was someone uh, your mentor or supporter or influencer who kind of uh, advised you during these tough days of tough times of your life?
1: Uh, Unfortunately, I wish I had somebody uh, who was able to guide me during that time but uh, I didn't have anybody at that point of time God was my only solace and then I couldn't even go back to my mom to tell me that though I admired her she is my role model uh, she has seen her I mean she has gone through all hardships to come out of uh, what she was she was working for the government of Tamil Nadu state government doing a wonderful job but I couldn't go back coming from a typical middle class and having four sisters you know that you can't even go back and tell the parents that you have a hard life and then telling them that will definitely make them worry and that's the kind of a background that i was raised in so it was a struggle all by myself so i had to books with the solace and then books helped me uh, to understand that how may, how i can go to deal with this and the best mentor whom i had is my daughter even today i could say that you know uh, uh, we call we, i call her she is my mom she is my mentor she is my guru she helps me she guides me for her age she was much mature uh, she had the uh, wisdom to understand the things and she was able to tell me that i think mom not much of age difference between us because uh, i was married young and i was i had given birth to her only so she was able to guide me so if i have to call someone as the uh, my mentor or i have to call my daughter as my mentor
0: wonderful i think you are one of the yeah. lucky few to have your own daughter as a mentor at a, at a at a phase when uh, you have some personal difficulties That's very Mm. nice. So, how did this difficult phase shape you up as a person that you are today? What are the skills, or what what are the lessons that you have learned from these?
1: That's a difficult question to answer. In fact, you know what are the skills, Uh, the skill sets. What you had, you know, kind of you know makes you down because uh, when you go through so much in life, you hardly uh, forget whom you are, what kind of skill sets you have. How is it that it's going to be? Though I kept pushing myself, I was Not aware, I was not in a position to focus on anything to, you know, do something fruitfully. I was in a job, I was going as a teacher, I was delivering the lessons. I was, uh, meanwhile, I was also equipping myself to be, you know, uh, adding graduations to my, uh, adding degrees to my uh, profile. But the skills which I had, what I have today, the kind of counseling to parents and the kind of activities that I do today, though it was there, though I was counseling my own set of children who were in the class, but these were not known to me. I never knew that I had the business acumen to become a businesswoman uh, who's running organization and who's running several schools today. I was not even aware.
0: Through the difficulties, through the difficult phases of your life, you know, uh, there's a saying which says, uh, tough times don't last, but tough people do. So I'm trying to understand through the tough times that you have had, what are the lessons that you have learned? What are the skills that you have uh, picked up and how have these helped you become the person that you are today, you know, running and, uh, a business and counseling so many things thousands of parents and uh, being a consultant for school teachers and a lot of schools, you you design curriculum and all that across the globe, through se- across several countries. So all these things is something that nature gives us, I feel, I believe. So I want to understand what these skills are and how it is helping you today.
1: True, as you said, you know, Tough times don't last and then tough people. That's the biggest lesson that one can pick up when we go through that. So every time this happened, there is a saying in Tamil, which is my mother tongue. They say, This also move. You know, this shall go. This shall pass. So I kept telling that uh, to myself. And during the difficult situation, what helped me to understand this is yes, to dealing with people. Uh, I understand that situations will change. I understand that, you know, the finance, of course, how the importance of uh, finance because at one point of time when my husband stopped working and then I have a daughter who needs to be educated. So how do I work on the, the financial intelligence? That was one skill which I learned. Organizational ability, running a family and then working between the, uh, the work-life balance. That was another important aspect. Then relationship building amongst others. That's when I actually started thinking in, you know, so I'm educated and I'm working if this can happen to me, what will happen to thousands of women who are across and then I should be doing something to it. So these thoughts started coming in and I started working on these thoughts. And that's when, you know, Oro Education Services was born later.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of valuable uh, skills that we learn, but all of these Mm -hmm. are kind of uh, building up inside us without us putting conscious effort into that. And these are the ones that actually stick as soft skills with us. When was Oro Educational Services started?
1: Oro Educational Services was uh, started in the year uh, 2006.
0: And what was your first assignment? Could you probably say something about (laughs) it?
1: my first assignment was uh, with the, uh, the film actor, Mr. Mithun Chakrabarti, who was running a school in Coimbatore. Uh, he, so he started a school uh, by name, the Monarch International School. And then uh, that wasn't, it was uh, run uh, following the Cambridge curriculum and then had to do a lot of brand building and exercise for that activity. So that's when I was given the opportunity to work with him. So that was a very, very interesting uh, experience for me to learn from it. And being an entrepreneur, uh, that was another big lesson also for me, because that's when I started working on other smaller assignments as well. I gave up a good job to understand that, you know, I need to work on, you know, become an entrepreneur so that uh, I love challenges. uh, And then I need to grow bigger. As I told you, this thirst for uh, uh, growing, doing something for the society and then establishing myself, identity crisis was there. So I need to do something. So this thirst to push me. I thought, you know, becoming, doing a business will help me get more money, but only to realize that entrepreneurs were not paid much as they thought to be earlier, you know, giving, sitting in a luxury of getting a salary every month and suddenly you are on your own. There's nobody, there are bills before you uh, know, and the money doesn't come on time. So this assignment taught me many valuable things that, you know, how to be an entrepreneur, then again, how to balance life, finance, and then the money which comes. So how am I going to schedule my traveling, the expenses for the business and for the family? They were good things, good
0: lessons in the early years. Hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, uh, I see that you, you life just threw challenges after challenges at you and you have handled it really well with a lot of grace and uh, and that too without any mentor at least at your uh, in your early uh, uh, stages i i I
1: don't know if i handled it really well yes but i handled it because i had no other go as you said no mentor nobody to tell me whether i'm going in the right direction or in the wrong direction but life pushed me and i started moving in the way life wanted me to go i just sailed with it Uh, to some extent of course yeah i was swimming i mean against the currents but
0: yes yeah life sailed (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Thanks, for, thanks for hanging on and uh, <laughs> doing the work that you are doing. So this, this pensions to, to do something uh, in the educational field for the betterment of society is something that must have, I feel that you must have picked it up somewhere. So maybe a court or maybe someone you admire as a teacher or is there a, a reason why you got this pensions? Or is
1: there a family background in teaching? Yeah, there there is my aunt is a teacher. My mom was a teacher beginning in her beginning of her career. She was a teacher. My grandparents were teachers. That was one aspect of it. Of course, we were four sisters, but none of us had the inclination to become a teacher. I had a, a very, very interesting teacher in my class nine and then in class 12. Class nine, it was my language teacher, Tamil teacher who's still alive, uh, Mrs. Sashikala, whom I adore so much, whom I'm in touch with. She speaks English, Tamil, and then Sanskrit fluently. She she inspired all of us so much. Uh, She was one teacher and then the second teacher was my economics teacher uh, because of whom I chose the subject economics. I loved her subject and I decided, that's when I decided that I will become, I will do my economics uh, uh, and then I will become a teacher uh, and I will definitely make it you know, how she is making us happy in the same way, I will make my children
0: happier and then I will make them learn more. So they were my inspiration. Great. I I keep uh, hearing this oftentimes that my mother is my biggest role model or my first role Mm. model. Your comments Mm. on that? very true.
1: Uh, For a girl, it's the father and the mother who who are the biggest role model. I keep asking children, children keep telling the same thing. You know, whom do you like so much? When I I do workshops, they say that's just my mom or dad. And then I'm no different. I love my mom. My mom was one of the best person, you know, she again went through a lot of hardships during her childhood. And then how did uh, she keeps telling us that how difficult it was for her to, uh, you know, bring her she raised her own younger sister, because she lost her mother in a very young age, my grandmother. And then how did she you know, brought her sister like her daughter, and then she was an inspiration to all of us. There's one important aspect which I need to share about my mom. She said, yes, being educated, being career focused is very important for a girl, for a woman. Yes, it is important. But equally, when you take up the responsibility of a wife or a mother, it is important for you to focus on the child as well and the husband as well. You cannot give excuses that because I'm a career woman, I can't do this. My mother was uh, employed... uh, As early as 1965, I think she was employed. Her first employment started at 1963 or 65. So she was working from then. So she used to tell us, even in those days when people were sitting at home, she used to tell us, you should have both, but you should give equal importance to both. Only if you know to strike
0: a balance between the
1: both, you are successful. So I follow it until today.
0: Wonderful. I think it's something that uh, the uh, young generation of today needs. So... Hmm. Balancing between work and private life is a big challenge Mm. and uh, I think your mom gave the right kind of advice for you to follow and uh, you have brought up your daughter so wonderfully well. And uh, what is it that the current generation can do to balance their work and their private life efficiently? Thanks for asking
1: this question. Uh, I keep talking to my girls in the sense my students uh, who are still in touch with me, and the teachers whom I train these days, youngsters, I keep telling them because to them, they feel that you know, women are liberated. Liberation, women's liberation means that they don't have to get married or even if they get married, they don't have to listen to the husband or they don't have to be tied to the child. They don't have to be. Because I see teachers, a very recent case, uh, we had a physical education teacher who delivered uh, a baby a month ago and then she said, ma'am, I would like to join the next month. I said, no, but you have to take care of your child. Uh, She said, no, if I sit at home, uh, I won't be called as a career woman. Then uh, I have the pressure because all of them are working. I, I have to make, and then my husband will not respect me. I think somewhere, you know, women's liberation, career, and then kids, and there are many, uh, got confused. And there are many girls who doesn't want to get married. There are many girls who doesn't want to get give birth to children. Or even if they give birth to children, they want to get away from the children. The children are either in the care of their nannies or with the care of the parents. Uh, they struggle. They go through this. So what I want to tell them today is, you know, wh- whoever is listening, it's important for us, you know, uh, we are grown up, we are adults at this point of time, we understand men to get married and decide on when to give birth to the child. When we bring a child into the world, it is our responsibility. It is definitely we need to take the support of the extended family. I'm not denying the fact, and it is good thing that in India, back in India, that you have an extended family instead of the daycare centers to take care of your family. But if the child has to be brought up only by the grandparents, either the girl's mother or the boy's father, why should they have children? This is, after all, your children, and you have to take care of it. take care in bringing them up. So the responsibility is in you. So this is one important message I give all the youngsters: strike a balance, take decision. When you take a decision, don't go back on that. Bringing up the child is your decision; it's a collective decision. So take care of it. Be responsible for the social and emotional welfare of
0: the child. I'm I'm really thankful that you uh, mentioned this because. Uh, I also talk to a lot of youngsters here and the question that I often Mm -hmm. get asked is, the fathers are also there. Why don't they also take care? So Mm -hmm. your response for that, please.
1: Uh, That's a beautiful thing because I, you know, um, again, uh, this fight not only happens there, but it happens over here as well. The fathers are equally responsible. Uh, Girls feel that it is very important that, you know, both of them take up the responsibility. A shared responsibility is important, but, you know, Why a woman is, because I may be called as, uh, you know, labeled as somebody when I talk this, when I say this, I was, I have already been, when I've spoken this in different forums. But, you know, women are chosen to be the mothers because, you know, we will be able to care, take care of them and understand the need of a child. Definitely a man is not designed for it. A man definitely is not designed to take care of the baby, especially, I mean, at least when the child is less than a year old, it is very important that the mother stay back to look after. Yes, you know, changing the nappies, maybe they'll be able to help you or, you know, keeping awake, they will be able to do it. But taking care of the needs, the emotional needs, men usually, men are usually not emotionally connected. If you look at the the, uh, by the biological or the you know the physiological order of it, if you look at it, men are not emotionally connected at all with anybody uh, so we if we women you know we have the responsibility, and it is it is at most our responsibility to take care of it, to understand it. There is no point in fighting there is no point in having an ego issue saying that you are responsible and I am responsible. At the end of the day, it is the child which is suffering because of our ego issues, because of the ego issue between the husband and wife, the male and the female, you know, the child is suffering. I don't want the children to go through this anymore. So I keep advising, even if you look at the species, the different species, you know, it is the mother who looks after. That's how you are different.
0: Yes, I, I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. And mm-hmm. uh, I You are also an expert because you also work with uh, the early years, uh, the education in the early years. So Mm -hmm. maybe can you connect the two and how is it important that the mother provides the time or provides the value education for the child at the early age and how it impacts the child as an adult?
1: So it is the umbilical cord connection as you, you know, as the the answer to my previous question is why is that the mother important and then this question to the earliest education It is the umbilical cord connection between the mom and the child and the child feels safe and secure uh, when uh, the child is with the mom, the kind of a warmth because the child is in the womb for 10 months, you know, actually uh, getting to know the mom better than the dad. So it's important that the mother plays a vital role. The touch of a mom, the hug of a mom, the voice of the mom actually has a greater impact. And throughout the years, you know, for the past 20 years, working with the younger children, I understand that children who are away from uh, the mothers at a very young age tend to be more violent, tend to be more arrogant, tend to be uh, emotionally detached from the rest of the uh, Uh, people who are around them. We have seen it. I have also documented uh, in my, uh, we have done, uh, the research is not yet complete. Uh, It is going on for the past five years. Uh, We have surveyed around uh, 2,000 children uh, who are 16-year-old boys now. We started it uh, when they were young, uh, uh, between the age of eight to ten, we started it, and they, now they are sixteen to seventeen now. So we are trying to understand the kind of issues that they have, that they go through in their adolescent phase when they were separated. The children who were with the mothers, with the younger at a younger age, at least till three years of age, who were not separated, uh, they tend to show uh, definitely a better understanding and respect for women than the children who were separated at a very younger age, who were not given the warmth.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting. I would definitely be interested in knowing a little bit more about. And this study you are doing inside India or across the countries you're working with? No, within India, across the schools that I work with. Mm -hmm. uh,
1: This is from the north, south and then east and west of India. Trying to understand how, you know, know, in India we have a typical culture that the child will go to the mother's house for the delivery. uh, you know after the uh, the the delivery the child uh, mother tends to leave if she is a working if she is from urban society what happens is she tends to leave the child with the mom and then comes back to work especially amongst the uh, the, the multinational companies which are working so from punjab they leave the child with the mom or in bombay they leave the child with the nanny or they leave the child with the mother and they they come to work. Uh, There seems to be a very, very aggressive behavior with these children. They tend to miss out on many things. Uh, It is very interesting and at the same time, it is very saddening also.
0: Uh, We really do not know where we are heading to. It's uh, really worrisome to hear. It is, it is. I hope uh, sooner rather than later, we are able to take some corrective steps and uh, show what difference a mother can make to the world or what difference a woman can make to the society.
1: Yeah. True. Yes. Yeah. The reason, is that the purpose of this research is only that. We wanted to tell the world that the kind of a role that a mother plays in the life of a child, though everybody understands, though everybody understands that mom is very important, but I the changing scenario, the changing trend is actually worrying all of us. Uh, because uh, there are no, not much of results uh, researchers which happens in India with regard to early years education. If you had seen compared to the countries outside India, there are very few researchers which happens on these, and that's the reason that I was very particular that we need to start working on this aspect
0: of it. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I have more questions that, but that would uh, take us away from the current uh, talk that I would uh, like hmm. to uh, discuss hmm. about. So I will connect with you. As I said, offline on that. So, mm-hmm. um, so maybe we should uh, talk about the work-life balance a little bit more. Or today they talk of work-life integration. So how do you manage? You're a busy person working across geographies and uh, you also have a family to take care. How do you manage mm-hmm. the two? it is it's
1: such a very it's such a difficult task for any working woman to strike a balance between work uh, and life you know all of us are aware of it and especially coming from the indian background you have full fledged cooking a three meal cooking you know for a, uh, it's very important that if you don't do it so the first haunting task for any woman working woman in india is the kitchen so you have to strike a balance somewhere to balance between the cooking and your life, because that comes to your priority. Then comes your children, even before your children can come to your priority. It's the cooking, the three meal cooking. We never had the habit of, you know, having outside, not like the Swiggy, which is on the road these days, but it was cooking. So initially, uh, very important for us to plan. How do we plan the meal for each one of us? Each one of us have a different, uh, just like in the classroom, I keep telling the teachers that, you know, each child has a different learning need and a learning style. Similarly at home, each one of them have a different eating pattern. So it's important for us to understand because if you take care of a man's uh, stomach, I think, you know, the half of the problem would be solved. And that's how we were taught and then we were raised. So cooking played a major role in our life. So we make sure that, you know, that has been in plan planning, well-planned, you know, cooking, which also takes care of the health and hygiene of the children. And then comes the children's education, then preparing for work. Being a teacher was uh, definitely a very, very demanding profession. You need to research, take notes, go back, deliver, create teaching aids. I used to sit uh, late night and then start doing the work. Until then, I never used to get time. But today, what happens is uh, I see the commitment less in the teachers. Uh, they are neither, uh, you know, happy mothers, uh, nor good teachers, efficient teachers. So I keep telling them that,
0: you know, planning is very, very essential. Can you probably describe your uh, work day? Just one sample day. What do you do from morning until you, from the time you wake up to the time you go back to bed? Uh,
1: that's interesting question because,
0: you know, the, now these days uh, my schedule has changed than
1: being a teacher in those days. Teacher, I used to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and hit the bed at 12 hours. So I was sleep deprived and then my sleep used to be only during the weekend. But today, if I have to talk about it. I understand the importance of a minimum six hours sleep. So I make sure that I hit the bed at least by 9.30, 10 if I'm in town or if not, if I'm traveling, even if I hit the bed 11, I make sure that I have six hours of sleep. So I wake up around 4.30 in the morning, go for a walk with my dog and then play with him for a while. Come back, do some kind of a meditation or read a book and then start uh, planning for the day. And my day starts at 8 o'clock with the meetings after the breakfast or with breakfast with the meetings. And sometimes if I travel, my day starts as early as four in the morning. I travel too far off places. I drive down between cities in India. So it takes and then I come back in the night. So typically it is, uh, I work for 18 hours a day. That's how it is. Oh my God. In all this, yes. how do you manage your health? Uh, I, I, I take walk in between, you know, when we visit schools, primarily I work with schools across. So I make sure that I play with children in the ground when I go for school visits or, you know, I, I take care of. There's some kind of a physical exercise which happens and I'm conscious about the kind of food that I eat. Uh, no high calorie food. So whatever simple uh, that is available. So that's I'm able to maintain that. And that also gives me, you know, waking up early also energize me <laughs> sometimes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've read that, you know, uh, it's, mm. it's not been proved or it's not been taken as a scientific study yet. But mm. uh, most of the successful people are early risers. So maybe there's something to waking up early and uh, getting a, a head start there. Now, that, I, I, have, I have something
1: interesting to add here. Most of my teachers keep asking me, you know, when I do the teacher training sessions or the parenting sessions, they keep asking me, how is it possible for you to be cheerful? Because if I start the session on the same tone uh, at 9.30 in the morning and I end up with the same tone at 3.30 or 4.30 in the evening when I wind up the session. So they ask me, how is that? Where do you get the energy from? How do you motivate yourself? You are this way all the time. How do you do that? So this question keeps coming to me from different people uh, uh, on different occasions. (laughs) You know, I keep telling them, wake up early. And they ask me, what is it that makes you to wake up early? When you want to wake up, I'm not able to do it. What is it that you want? I said, you know, the love for life. So tomorrow is not known to us. Today I'm alive and then I need to be active and then complete the day well. That's the only mantra that I have that I follow.
0: Wonderful. Can you please repeat that mm-hmm. again? <laughs> tomorrow
1: is not in my hand. I have only today. I, I love the quote of Omar Khayyam, and uh, if you can see me, that's there everywhere. That I keep, you know, writing it at home, and then even in my WhatsApp status, that'll be there. Unborn tomorrow, dead yesterday. Why fret about them? when today be sweet. This is one famous quote. You know, this quote of Omar Khayyam, I love, and I keep repeating it. I keep telling it to myself. Unborn tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow is unborn. Dead yesterday. So why should I be worried about it? When today today's sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yes, I see Mm -hmm. that on your WhatsApp uh, (laughs) profile also. And uh, thanks for letting me know who was the author of that quote. (laughs) I love quotes. I I, Mm -hmm. I love collecting them too. Mm -hmm. Now, having been successful uh, over the last uh, years, last decade or so, what is your definition of success? That's an
1: interesting question. Definition of success uh, differs. It's very, very subjective as you are aware. And then uh, to me, success is what makes me happy, what gives me confidence, uh, what makes me feel that, you know, I am doing something which will definitely have some kind of uh, positive impact on the lives of other people around me. I define success that way, Uh, but people around me look at me as successful because uh, I have a good house, you you know, financially you are well off, you are settled and then you have a good house, you have a good car and then, you know, these are material part of it, you know, which people judge success. But to me, irrespective of all those things, I'm able to live my life the way I want it. I'm able to create an impact in the lives of others and I feel that I am useful or
0: productive or contributing factor to the society. That's how I define success as. Thank you. It's wonderful because uh, every every speaker, I mean, everyone I have spoken to uh, has mm. always said that success is something that I should define. I should mm. not give the hand over the remote to somebody else and not mm. allow myself to be judged by somebody else as this is what mm. success should be or this is how success mm. should look like. Mm. So it's not it's not the monetary terms. It's not measured in monetary terms. So... Mm. So, thanks for the reiteration. And uh, do you see with, with your interaction with so many people, do you think there is a difference in the way women perceive success and in the way men perceive success?
1: Yes, uh, there is. Uh, there's one common point. Both of them perceive success to be, you know, with monetary terms only, if you look at it superficially. But when it comes to uh, men, yes. Um, Men, it is material. It is the position. It is the power. For women, it is the kind of uh, uh, achievement or the sense of feeling that they have that I have achieved. I have accomplished something. It is a sense of feeling. So it is emotional, whereas it is not emotional in terms when it comes to a man. That's a major difference.
0: Very interesting. I would probably call you as one of uh, one of the purpose driven leader, and. In, in your own terms, what has been the biggest impact that you have had on the people that you have interacted with?
1: Thanks for calling me a purposeful, driven leader. I don't know if I am one, but thanks for calling me. So I take it. Um, the kind of impact, you know, um, in fact, there was a very interesting incident which happened a couple of days ago there was this one teacher who came up and then who told me that uh, you do not know the kind of impact you had on me. I said, uh, do I know you? Uh, she said, yes, I have attended your workshop. And then that changed my life. I used to be really rude with my children. I never used to be, you know, uh, update on the learning that I do. I thought, you know, I, I knew everything. I'm a postgraduate and I, I was I had the confidence that I knew everything. But after attending your workshop, Uh, I realized that, you know, how much I do not know. And then uh, you have actually made me understand the the role and then my importance in the society as a teacher. You have changed my life. And this is just one case which happened. But there are similar uh, number of incidents which can happen wherever I see uh, parents who would come and tell me that, you know, uh, I I have turned out to be somebody who is more understanding, more caring about my child. And then there are students who will come and tell me, Malati, ma'am, you will not believe you know, the kind of impact you had on my life. I really do not know uh, uh, if I had made that impact. But when people come and tell me that, you know, there is um, the way I talk or maybe the interaction or the kind of a piece of advice which I have shared with them or the piece of experience which I have shared with them has actually helped them to change their life or to look at life differently. So this was an eye-opener for me. Uh, I mean, of course, this started many years back. And from then on, I I used to be really careful and conscious about what I'm going to speak, whom I'm going to talk. I really do not know whether it is going to impact the entire audience, but I know there is one person who's going to be there, who's going to be impacted by this. This is going to be, this was my thought and this is still my thought every time that I address even this show, I really do not know uh, who's listening and then what is the kind of impact it is going to have on people who are going to listen. But there is definitely somebody who is in need of some message, which I am giving. And I have no shame in sharing my experience. People tell me that you have gone up to a ladder and then you should not talk about your personal life. But I tell them, no, unless and otherwise I share. I cannot talk about the story of another person. It's very easy to quote some name X, Y, Z. Some lady was doing this. Some another lady was going through that. It is very, I mean, it can be done. It's very easy to do that way. But it is important that the kind of if I have to make a real impact on the life of another person whom I really care, who share the same planet with me, it's important for me to tell them. See, these are the hardships that i went through, and I did not give up, and I'm still alive, and I'm counting. You know, so so you can, so you can bring in the change. You can also sail through any kind of a difficult situation and achieve the place where you are. Uh, though I have not shared much about, I've just gave you an insight about what I went through. I did not give in depth about my personal life to you. I did go through a lot. I did understand that, you know, it's important that, you know, life doesn't end at one particular point. Though you go through so much in life, though you have seen all the shame, though you have gone through all the turmoil, uh, harassment, abuse, uh, physical, moral, uh, and then financial loss, and then this abuse. Though you go through all those things, life has always assets, you know, at the end of the tunnel, there is always a light. I have seen this and this is what I keep telling everybody. So maybe uh, when you say me, the kind of impact and this is the impact I share. I tell them that this is when somebody who has gone through this is able to stand today and then talk to you, you will definitely be because you are living in a very different generation. You can create and you are able to ask openly, able to ask support and there is somebody to guide you. I did not have anybody. So I'm able to share this and maybe that's when I'm creating an impact. I think so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I also feel that it's quite important uh, mm. that uh, people in position are able mm. to share their uh, life journey openly, be it mm. uh, the ups or the downs Downs more, mm. because it also gives the kind of a confidence that the listener mm. needs that, you know, somebody, somebody who's successful today also mm. has gone through some difficulties in life and mm. emerged stronger and victorious. So hmm. I think it's quite important that you uh, continue to do the good work that you're doing. And uh, I think earlier, we also covered the, the kind of impact that you have been having on the on the educational system as such. Maybe a couple of hmm. points if you want to add on that. How has your involvement uh, impacted the educational system?
1: Uh, when it comes to education, as I told you, my specialization is early is education. But apart from it, I work with uh, K-12 completely. I understand that uh, today's children have a different learning need and a learning style. And then if you continue to deliver and if our classrooms are continue to reflect the practices of the 19th century or the 20th century, it doesn't help the children. Children need a lot of challenges for which, unless and otherwise, we train the teachers. The ch- teachers need to be, if I have to teach artificial intelligence to a child of class 7, the teacher needs to be aware if a child needs to be introduced about STEM or STEAM education, or we call it as now STREAM. You know, science, technology, engineering, robotics, and art and mathematics. Now it has become STREAM. Now STEM has become STEM became STEAM. STEAM became STREAM. Now people need to be aware. The teachers need to understand, and children are growing up in a very, very different and a challenging ambience. For a teacher to understand a child, she needs to first build a relationship with the child. If there is no significant relationship built among the teacher and the learner, learning never happens. So the important aspect of it is to bringing in the relationship and for which teachers needs to be given a lot of orientation and training to go through that. Once that is done, the revolu- it, it is a revolution by itself. Children are aware and similarly, the career counseling guidance, which happens at a later stage. I think, you know, we need to look at it much earlier. Uh, by 13, researchers, researchers say that by class 8, the child actually decides on what he wants to become. But uh, back in our schools, we talk about it only in class 11 or 12. So I bring in, I bring in a lot of expert speakers. I bring in a lot of uh, people from different walks of life to talk to children from class two onwards. Children can question them, children can talk to them, can interact with them right from the kind of a work that they do. So this gives them an edge over the rest of them. And I also believe that children need to be given space to work on their uh, on their uh, the co-schol- co-scholastic activities as such. So that space Uh, Unless and otherwise I give, you know, I keep telling them, no, 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 do only dance. You don't have to go for a theater, for a theater guy. I think it doesn't help them. So given the space for them to understand and recognize where they need, you know, their wants are, give them the space to work on their chosen activity. I think that will also bring in the needed change. I think this is what I'm doing at a very small level, majorly working on their, understand the social uh, and uh, emotional aspect of it. Give them the space. I think, you know, learning happens by itself. We don't need the
0: teachers or we don't need anybody else. Yeah. I mean, being in touch with the children and understanding their needs and providing... The facilities that would enable them to become better citizens of tomorrow is very important. And thank you once again for doing this wonderful work. Now, in your interaction with all the different uh, kinds of people, like on the one hand, you have young learners, adult learners or teen learners, then you have parents on one side, you have the teachers on the other side, and then you have educators or the educational institutions on the other side. Now. Your interaction with each of these has impacted them positively in many ways. But according to you, what are the individual traits that have helped each one of these groups?
1: The common thread is, you know, everybody is interested in the well-being of the children. If you look at it, the adults from the adults perspective, it is the well-being. So uh, the, in, the individual trait, if I have to talk about it, it is, you know, uh, the love for life and they're doing something different, wanting to do different no, something different I need to do. I need to be different. If you talk to the students, no, I want to be different from another person. I definitely need to do something, you know, uh, apart from what my parents want me to do. This is there, you know, this trait actually pushes them to the next level. And similarly with the teacher. So how do I equip myself? The thirst, I think it is the thirst, if I have to sum it up. And uh, how
0: do you celebrate your success?
1: I don't know if I have reached the stage of celebrating success. Uh, I I have not celebrated. I think I have miles to go before I sleep. (laughs) There are so many people who are contributing, who are doing so much. I haven't achieved that aspect of it. I mean, I I haven't reached that stage to celebrate it now. I'm happy the way I am. And I keep working on, you know, making it better every day. Even though I'm talking to you now, I feel that I'm not delivering the best of what I should be doing. There are so many things running in my mind but I'm not able to bring out the best in me. So I feel that I need to work on this. So I I don't feel that I have reached the state of success at this point of time. Wow,
0: such humility. During your journey, you might have probably had a lot of self-doubt whether you're going on the right path, the wrong path. And uh, is this something that I should maybe, you know, look at a more uh, lucrative job, things like that. How did you manage and uh, happen to maintain on your journey? of course there were a lot of questions
1: about whether i am going the right direction but uh, at one point of time uh, i did realize that there is nobody to fall back to ask those questions uh, to be answered by anybody so i was just running the race uh, like a madwoman i did have my i did uh, fall down many times uh, but i learned my lessons as like children they fall down and then they get up and then they move on that's how i also started uh, moved in my life i had a lot of uh, doubts in terms of uh, am i doing the right thing for my child by doing this that was the question because at any point of time i didn't want to hurt my child or lose my child so that was her own. that was the only focus she was constantly in uh, my thoughts but i did hurt her at my, i mean many times knowingly or unknowingly yeah as there was nobody to guide me at that point of time. Maybe I wasn't willing to take, maybe there would have been people around me, but I wasn't uh, in a position to identify them and then take their advice. So I kept pushing and then moving myself. One point of time, I did have this uh, major confusion whether uh, have I done the right Thing by quitting the job and then uh, taking this career, you know, uh, getting into consulting. Consulting didn't pay me initially, though. People talk about consult uh, today, though. I am the highest-paid consultant today. Initially, it wasn't paying me well. I wasn't able to uh, meet the ends. It was difficult. So that was one particular point uh, where I actually stayed back to uh, was puzzled and then baffled about life. What am I going to do next? So that was one particular point, but uh, I do get answers uh, in the sense that I'm a believer, I believe in God. And then I believe that God speaks through me, through situations, through people, uh, you know, through anything. You know, he speaks through many forms to me. And this particular uh, time when I was going through this crisis, Uh, I did hear, you know, somebody, I I was sitting in the car and then I didn't know what to do. I switched on the radio. There was some conversation which was happening. And then it said that, uh, no, it was very apt for me. I took the conversation as though it was for me. There was this conversation where they said that today are you puzzled that, you know, things are not working in your favor and you're not able to make money, but things will change. This was so go on, whatever you are doing. This was the exact, uh, exact verse uh, which was playing on the radio. This was some conversation, some dialogue somewhere. This was so perfect. I took it. I said, yeah, this is God sent message for me. So I will not, definitely not, be going to worry about it. And definitely, I'm going to make a mark in this field, and I'm going to take care of my daughter very well. So that's how
0: I moved on. From from this, uh, I I get. The uh, answer for my next question, maybe you could uh, mm. ratify that. Going through tough times, we need to mm. build the resilience. And this resilience mm. you were able to build thanks to your belief in God and, and your belief mm. that uh, God speaks to you through different kinds of mm. sources. What, what is your, uh, am I right in assuming this? No, you're right. You're right. Perfectly right. That's how it is. Okay. Thank you. So to wind up, maybe what would be your advice to the uh, young generation that wants to get into the field that you are in as an educational consultant or even as a teacher?
1: I wouldn't call it as an advice. I would just love to uh, share my thoughts. This education space definitely requires kind-hearted, talented Young women, more women coming into the profession. Why I mean women? Women have the compassion. Women have the understanding which can actually build on relationship amongst the students. These The kids of today uh, definitely need somebody who's caring, who's understanding uh, to tap their potential. We need somebody to tap their potential and then push them to the next level. And this space is dearth of good qualified people. Uh, today, you know, teaching has been looked at a loss to the start by people, you know, because I don't get any other job or because, you know, I look at it as a uh, comfortable uh, timings and then comfortable job. I have get enough holidays. we have people who are getting into the a profession this way by this by saying this i'm not i'm not demeaning anybody my apologies if i'm hurting anybody but this is what i see in my country and then it pains i really invite young talented smart uh, women to get into teaching to be with the children to make this country a better place and to make this
0: world a better place thank you so much a lot of insights I- into this profession and uh, the importance that this profession has in the tomorrow is, uh, I think you have uh, said that, explained that, talked a lot about it. And I'm really appreciative of all that you have said of your time. Thank you so much for being on the show, Maliti.
1: Thank you, Ms. Maliti. I have to thank you for this. I do not know if I really justified the job that you assigned to me. But I have shared all that I have done, and then I am still doing in this space. I feel that there is a purpose for everybody to be uh, alive on this planet today, and if each one of us understand that, and understand that this is not going to be a place which is meant for quarrelling, fighting, or you know being jealous, and then you know play small with their life. This is, there is a bigger purpose for each one of us to be here. If we understand that, I think truly we will make this place a better place for all the people who are living over here. Thank you so much. This is one great thing that you're doing. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be on the show today.
0: When we are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all our thoughts break their bounds. The mind transcends limitations, the consciousness expands in every direction and we find ourselves in a new, great and wonderful world. Dormant forces, faculties and talents become alive and we discover ourselves to be a greater person by far than we ever dreamed ourselves to be, said Patanjali. There is indeed a greater purpose for each one of us and once we understand that, Definitely we can make this world a better place, says Dr. Malati. Thank you so much for being there, inspiring students, parents and teachers to do better and help bringing joy all around. Salutations to the inspirers in our lives. Thank you so much for listening in. I look forward to receiving your comments on how you like this conversation and if you found it inspiring. I am also glad to receive any questions you would like me to ask our next guest. Do write to me at empress at bogia. Online. Also, please do visit us at bogia.online slash theimpressiveemperors to get to know more of such leaders and how you can lead like the impressive emperors.